Welcome back to Following Noadon, a Stormlight podcast. This week is episode 13. We will be going all the way from chapter 44 to the end of the part and to the end of part 3, which is chapter 51. So I recommend you read all 8 of these chapters. In this episode 13, we'll be t- discussing just the Shalon chapters or chapters 45, 48 and 50. We may be highlighting some other parts of the Kaladin chapters, but the Shalon chapters is what we'll be focusing on. Paul, could you give me two words for these Shalon chapters in this section? All right, you know how much I love Shalon. Um, oh, come so on. These were these, good. For these two chapters, or for the, this, this episode, my two words are drastic and trickery. Drastic and trickery. Elliot? So normally I try and pick words that have some sort of deep meaning or symbology or theme. This time I decided to go just very straightforward. And my, my words are Voidbringers and Shardblades. Voidbringers and Shardblades. That, those are two very straightforward words to uh, discuss these Shallan chapters. Let's, let's dive in. All right, all right, all right. We we get to talk about Shalon for an entire episode, Paul. Aren't you excited? Woo. Oh, I can't contain my excitement. I, I know. I know you're <laughs> I so excited. But before before we do that, let's do a quick spell check. Um we had a we had an interesting phrase turn up here. We will only do one of them. And it is the name in history, in Voran history of the last desolation and the defeat of the Voidbringers. Elliot, would you like to tell me how you would like to say this word? Yeah, I'll try. This one, like individually, the syllables don't seem too hard, but for some reason, this one, when you put it all together, I stumbled over this one quite a bit when I was reading. So I'll give it a try. I I think it's a haritium okay. or something like that. Okay. Uh, Paul, how do they say it in the audiobook? I believe it's <laughs> I think I'm wrong. I think I okay. don't remember. The way they say it in the audiobook is Aharietium. Okay. Fancy. Paul, how would you like to spell this? Yes, Aharietium. Uh, can I get the language of origin, please? I believe it's foreign. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Probably. I can say. Uh, so, Aharietium. Uh, I had A H A. R I E T I A M. Wow, one hundred percent correct, Paul. Let's wow. let's go. Ahariatian. Wow. I'm actually very surprised. I did I did not have confidence in that. Yeah, you got uh, it, man. But I went with all A's for for at least most of the vowels in question. I always base that off of the whole palindrome thing. Mm-hmm. So I almost did T-I-U-M, but changed that to an A at the last second, and let's go. You got it. Nice. I'm what? I'm very impressed. It. I'm very impressed. I'm super impressed. It. I'm I'm so proud. 
Okay. Good start. Good start to yeah. the episode. Let's All right. See. With that note, let's talk. No. Let's talk about Shalon. Um. So in chapter forty-five, that's where we'll be starting for those listening. At the beginning of this, at the beginning of this uh, outline, we have Elliot. You. You have nothing else besides OMG in all caps. What a chapter! Do you, can I get can I get a quick thirty second like first impression from each of you about this uh, this chapter where Shalon's running away from these symbol heads and talking about void bringers? So we we've given Shalon chapters a lot of a lot of crap in the in the past about being boring or just about the culture and the language and the religion. And I about fell out of my chair after after reading this chapter. I got to the end of this chapter and like jaw on the floor, just like, what? I I usually read every chapter twice when I'm doing this one. I read this chapter of all three times and I still am completely lost for some of the, <laughs> the segments of it. I'm like, what is going on? And then there's a, a special moment that we're gonna talk more about where I just set the book down when I read it and I was I was like, no way yeah i i'm almost speechless because of this chapter and we'll talk about why nice nice all right paul paul talk to me all right so i'll i will admit it these were awesome chapters i really really <laughs> enjoyed them okay although they were shalon so so i guess this is my voucher that i'm not just against shalon i just thought that earlier chapters were a little boring I feel like it's a fair argument, but these were some of the most exciting chapters we've seen so far, and I loved it. So and part of last week, last or our last episode, you you mentioned that you felt that this chapter wasn't Shalon's chapter. Last episode wasn't going anywhere because it wasn't time yet for Shalon's story to go anywhere. Uh, this chapter is. If if last chapter was ten miles an hour, this chapter is a hundred miles an hour, even or even faster. That it's time for Shalon's story to move, and we're moving. <laughs> I think that's what gave me such a, a dramatic reaction to it was it was such a change of pace. That that's such a good way to phrase it. Ten miles an hour to a hundred miles an hour. I was not ready for it, and it was it was crazy. Definitely. So I. Uh... I described the previous Shalon chapter as unnecessary. Yes, you did. <laughs> and here we are. And that's I'm I'm gonna say that's that's a different discussion. I'm not gonna go back on that right now. because um, <laughs> I still think a little of it was unnecessary, but okay, not part of the discussion for right now. Um so I have to say like my first impression, I I remember listening to this and just being so uncertain with what was going on, I was like all right, like I'm just not gonna know for a while, you know. And, and mm -hmm. it was a lot of, a lot of descriptive stuff, and I didn't know what was going on. And then a ton of stuff happens. It's kind of crazy. I don't even know what to make of it at the time, honestly. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could start to wrap my head around it here. Um, Let Let's talk about the first section of the chapter first, because it doesn't start 100 miles an hour. No, they. Shalon is talking with Capsule about what Yasna is studying, and they're trying to figure out why she's studying what she's studying. And if we go back to your unnecessary chapter, um, 
from last from last episode, Paul. Would it have helped to put this dialogue section in the previous chapter so that not everything happens in this chapter and nothing happens in the previous chapter, according to you? That's not entirely true because I'm a rereader and I can see what I'm looking for. However, from the first reader's perspective, would it have helped to put this dialogue scene in the previous chapter? No, because that chapter had enough boring stuff on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely see, so so like you're saying, it's part of the build-up, right? The previous chapter, there was a lot of information in there that that can kind of be related to this one. And such, especially with what we find out later, no no spoilers intended, but what we find out with Capsule mm-hmm. um, adds a whole that just this whole series or th- these whole chapters are just kind of a wrench thrown in everything that I thought was going to happen with her chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I even predicted I was like, yeah, I think she's just gonna like wait it out and it's just gonna kind of be boring for a while. Um, Neither yeah, looking you- back, I think that that chapter makes a little more sense to me now i i felt the same way that it was a bit plotting and a little a little too slow before but i see now that brandon sanderson had to sell that had to sell capsule's character pretty hard for for us to buy the we're supposed to read it by now so his betrayal at the the end of this correct i think it actually accomplished that i i was not caught off guard but i also don't feel like i've been unnecessarily lied to you know sometimes you read a book and and there'll be a character that you know, betrays someone else, but you feel like it was just so oversold throughout the point that it just didn't, you weren't invested in that. You don't even care that that person betrayed because it was just so, the, the author was trying too hard to, to surprise you. This one met a nice balance for me in that I was surprised by it, but then when I look back, I'm, I realize, oh, there was kind of a lead in to this. It's, it's not just something, a twist for a twist's sake. This does actually fit with what we saw before and it explains the the slowness that we were stuck in before so looking back it does make sense yeah i want to i want to stop and highlight capsule for a second because on my first read through i was completely taken aback at capsule was the one behind the um the poison and i elliot you're mentioning there's build up here i i don't know i still don't know this is my sixth read through if Capsule does genuinely care for Shallan, or if Shallan, or if Capsule is just trying to manipulate Shallan to get close to Yasna, I still don't know because Brandon Sanderson writes him as very sincere. He wants to leave the Ardentia to go, uh, to go back to Yakoved with Shallan, but then two chapters later, you figure out was he even in the Ardentia? Nobody actually knows who this guy is. And does did he actually care about Shallan at all? Or was Yasna right all the time and he was just using her to get close to Yasna? There is a lot of good questions, and that's one thing that I wasn't sure on because he seems very deliberate about liking Shallan and like you said before, it was kind of that like little like romance flair thrown into the book, and that was part of why I mentioned that it was I, I viewed it as unnecessary. I was like, it's not, not really that smooth like a romance. I don't know, it felt off, mm-hmm. um, and so I feel like that makes more sense with how it happened. Um, so those pieces are definitely starting to come together, at least with that 
progression. Um, yeah, I found myself asking all all the same questions and thinking back over what we've seen of of Capsule. Was he was he truly being manipulated the whole time, or is this almost another mirror of Shalon where he's been sent on some kind of mission? He has a goal for whatever purpose, but maybe he's torn. Maybe he actually does fall in love with with Shalon and, and is now, you know, arguing with himself, should, do I go through with it? Do I just run away with, with Shalon? I mean, you can totally read now a lot of that into his character where the, none of that's explicitly told to us, but just kind of the way events unfolded, you can go back and totally see perhaps that's what Capsule's character was, which is some really, really clever writing. I don't even know really how he did that. Yeah. And it's part of why one of my two words for this part was trickery and part of that was because the up until up until before these chapters as far as we knew the exciting part that was going to happen was Shalon was not just there to be a ward and learn she was there to steal the fabriole and that whole trick right and then she kind of got tricked in the same way with capsule right mm. with um you know, I guess it was a taste of her own medicine, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so that was the big reason why I chose that word. Yeah, I mean, ooh, I almost gave a spoiler. I, I, okay. Yeah. There has been some. Oh. There has been some close calls. That one was very close. And <laughs> ooh, that wow. Okay, that okay. was. Take yeah. Right. Okay. I All will. Right. I will back. I will back up and refer to this later, much later, part five later. But okay. Um. Yes. There's. Uh, Shalon is getting a a taste of her own trickery. You're correct. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay. So I was right. My observation was accurate. Thank you, Trevor. You're as, as usual with your 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 near spoilers or your little hints you drop you have me more confused now than i than i was before like i no idea what could be a spoiler there it's so, okay um, it's something i almost it's, said mm. there's it's i didn't say it but it's something i almost good said. save That's good save. True, yeah we'll we'll pin this little clip on there once we get to part <laughs> five i guess yeah and... I'll, I'll refer to it i'll I'll bring this clip forward in the episode having people re-listen to it and then i'll say what i was about to say okay perfect all right. So I think we should go back to uh, the beginning of chapter 45, though, because there's actually a couple things I wanted to talk about that aren't necessarily Shalon related. It, it's sure. some of the discussion that they have, but it doesn't really tie directly into the whole Shalon capsule Yasna drama that we get into. They start by by talking about some of the some more about the Parshendi, which I'm still trying to piece together as many clues as I can about the Parshendi just because they're so mysterious at this point still and they they talk more about how music is related to the parshendi i think isn't it where shalon is reading another history or the 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 recollection of of gavilar it's um the recounting of when they first met the parshendi and, and all that kind of stuff yeah and in that recounting they they talk about how the parshendi are surprised that the parshmen don't sing it, it seems like mm -hmm. singing seems to be a very integral part of the parshendi we know that they sing in battle in this scene, it even talks about how, like, Gavilar will see 
one Parshendi in one room singing a tune, and then he'll walk, you know, across into another room. Another Parshendi is singing the same tune, almost in like a continuation from the other one, even though they can't hear each other. Correct. Which, to me, kind of hints at almost like a. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I've definitely written in my notes before of kind of the like a hive mind kind of thing almost going on, almost like the the telepath, the the Parshendi are like telepathically connected or have you know share similar thoughts or something like that. Sure. That's kind of where that leads me in those those thoughts, which are. I was, I was going to see what you guys thought about that. If you, I'll, I'll get your input here in a second, Paul. But if you remember back to the prologue, the very first thing we see of the Parshendi is they're playing drums um, yeah. for the, uh, in the, at the feast where they assassinate Gavilar. That's the very first impression we get of Parshendi is music, even before we get a visual description of them. Yeah, there's always been the, they even have like, song leaders right or something or or we 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 mentioned that briefly before that like in like in battle they have it almost seems like someone who's giving commands but like through song and they're all singing which is really interesting Mm -hmm. um and i definitely think there's got to be something similar to the hive mind that elliot spoke of i almost was like inherent i never really thought of it but i was kind of inherently under the impression that that they basically were almost autonomous in that and that they almost had like a a bodily schedule which i mean is probably like that hive mind but i was thinking it might be more of an automatic thing and they're just kind of all in sync in that but they're not consciously like oh everyone else singing like i'll sing with like if that makes sense right it i think what you're saying I'm, I'm having some of the same thoughts too like maybe perhaps each parshendi is almost maybe not even its own identity it's almost like they're part of a communal identity or something like you said where there there's a consciousness somewhere that's singing maybe the leader that's singing and the rest of them just kind of tune into that and it's not even them consciously singing in tune it just kind of happens through all of them i don't know i'm, I'm real curious pretty much yeah so I'm sure that we'll learn more about the the Parshman later on um, and such. But uh, at least with what's going on right now, I'll be honest, that's one of the small concerns, which is (laughs) saying a lot um, that this is like, eh, whatever, like... Uh, another small you're right the, these these little things i'm i have questions on are are dwarfed by the the larger questions that are quickly coming up which is why my notes for these these chapters were so long because i had all my usual questions but now there's all these massive questions coming along but one of those one of those questions that's now kind of getting overshadowed a little bit is was one of my words for this chapter and that's void bringers hmm. we i thought i was starting to put together a, a an image in my head of what I thought Voidbringers were. And then this chapter kind of flipped that around. So I'm starting to get confused again. I thought early on in some of the early chapters, we got references to Voidbringers as these gigantic beasts, these primordial rock and lava and fire creatures. We have that that bit where Yasna and Dalinar are talking about Voidbringers and Chasm Fiends. There's that like Correct. little drawing where it's like the this was a drawing of a Voidbringer, but, oh, it looks a lot like a Chasm Fiend kind of thing. So I have this picture of these huge creatures. But then in this chapter, there's a bunch of discussion about them as almost like Spren, as like evil Spren or just these little, you know, imps almost that just cause trouble or they, you know, if you're having a really 
bad luck day. Oh, you're just being followed around by a void bringer who's, you know, tripping you everywhere you go. There was kind of a bunch of references to that, which that seems completely different to the primordial beasts that I'm thinking of as void bringers. So maybe this is just the spread of, you know, different cultures, think of them different ways or something like that. But I'm, I feel like I know less about void bringers now after reading hmm. a big discussion about them in this chapter. I had, I guess, a brief question on that. And I don't, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess that this is a question that can't be answered right now. Um, but my thought on that is that as far as I know, they don't really know everything about Voidbringers. Like, that's why there's been so much of this like research and stuff. And so maybe it's possible they like change forms or can come in many forms. Or if there's any more like concrete evidence we have on that, because... Yeah, we've seen several mentions and several uh, descriptions of Voidbringers. And... So I'll answer this as if you guys are Shalon asking me what a Voidbringer is, and I am Yasna. So good question. And it totally depends on who you read is going to be the description of Voidbringers. Nobody actually knows what Voidbringers are. They're too far in the past. Uh, we don't know if they were even real at all. And some people think they're huge chasm fiends. Some people think they are evil spren. And nobody knows. My first thought as to what Voidbringers were was with the fight in Dalinar's dream where he fights gonna those say like, something shadow about that. Yeah. beasts. That's honestly the vision, like the the image that I've had in my head every time that they've been mentioned. I don't remember if that was actually correlated. Like if it said like, oh, were those Voidbringers? I, what, I actually that's just what I've thought. I did go back and flip to that chapter in, in preparation for this episode because I had the exact same thought. I'm really starting to think about those creatures, which those were called what? Midnight? Midnight something? Essence. Yeah, those mm -hmm. things. But when I flip back to that chapter, Dalinar asks the exact same question to the Radiant that's there with him. He says, are these Voidbringers? And the Radiant says, no, these are not Voidbringers. But it does have me wondering, like, do these things come from the same place? Is there this, you know, other netherworld or whatever where these Midnight Essence come from? Maybe the Voidbringers come from the same place. And I thought, too, this got me thinking as well. Those Midnight Essence are described as they don't make sense. Like they don't seem to obey the laws of physics. They just, you look at them and your brain is confused. It's like, that shouldn't be possible. I get that same feeling with the figures that are in Shalon's drawings mm. with the, the strange symbols instead of heads. And she describes them as like in impossible angles and, and things like that. That starts to make me wonder, are those void bringers? I don't think we have any other maybe evidence to point to that. Just kind of my thought of, Ooh, those seem weird. Are they from this a similar place as the Midnight Essence, and maybe are they Voidbringers? I don't know. So let's talk about let's talk about the symbol heads for for a little bit. If we, if you guys are done talking about Voidbringers, yeah. Uh, yes, I had a I guess a quick guess on that. Then go for it. Um, and Elliot's thought kind of just sparked this in my mind, like just now. And I'm under the impression, I guess, that the Voidbringers are kind of like 
mindless beasts in like a big chasm fiend or like a sprint or a hound or something you know this whole world is crab stuff they're just like shadow crab stuff right like in, it can be in any form um but i'm wondering if the void bringers may be something way more complex that can appear to people as a certain thing right like some people have seen him as a chasm fiend right like they've appeared to that person as that i'm wondering if if going off of elliot's point that maybe the the symbol heads in shalon's drawing are void bringers are correlated then like maybe that's like how she is seeing them but they could i honestly my guess is my realistic guess is that these aren't void bringers uh, but that was my thought whenever Elliot mentioned that. All right, we can put that up on the imaginary whiteboard of <laughs> yes, appear appear to okay. uh, different people okay. as different things. Uh, before, actually, before we talk about symbol heads, Elliot, on the outline you have Dawn Singers. Do you want to talk about Dawn Singers for a second? Oh yeah, this is a just a quick little thought. I had when we when we saw Don Singers for the first time before, at least the first mention of them, they just caught my eye as, ooh, I really think that's a cool name. I want to learn more about them. I had some theories before about maybe did they create the world? Did they sing the world into existence? We talked about that before at a, at a previous episode. I got some more information on Don Singers in this chapter, which I think kind of overturned some of my theories before. They talk about Don Singers as these these healers, these helpers, almost this spren type beings. I think it's I think it even says specifically in there that they did not create the world because I think Shalon or somebody asks about that and the answer is pretty directly no. Uh, and then they're kind of almost I don't remember if it's described as this specifically or just hinted at that they're kind of the opposite of voidbringers. They're the the spirits out there doing good as opposed to the voidbringers which are the the spirits out there doing evil kind of things. So I don't know. New thoughts on, on Dawn Singers. I still want to know more, but I'm learning, I guess. So I'm not confirming or denying this, but so far in your uh, in our readings, the Radiance, Dalinar has seen them fighting Midnight Essence, and the Dawn Singers have been juxtaposed with the Voidbringers. So um, I just wanted to wrap that up for you guys and have you think about those two those what one is to another as another is to another type of thing so they're just good void bringers is that what you're saying that is as far as we kind of that's as much as we know like sure cool good good dawn bringers like angels and demons kind of thing correct okay yeah, I found the section of the, the chapter that talks about that. It's it's Shalon and, and Yasna talking, of course, and or is this Shalon and Capsule? I think it's Yasna. No, it's Capsule. So Shalon says they're, they're talking about Don Singers and Shalon says kind of like the opposite of Voidbringers, and Capsule says, I suppose you could say that. So that that's kind of where the hint is there, but I don't know if I can trust anything that Capsule says anymore. So maybe I just throw this whole theory out. I don't yeah, know. Right, exactly. How how yeah. how valid is Capsule's opinions how valid is right his words who knows he's making it all up as he goes probably anyway so hmm might have to scribble this one out i i'm actually even more curious about it now because i didn't even think of that all the stuff that they said 
and then we know he wasn't an ardent, I guess. Like, yeah. no one knows what was going on there. Maybe he knows more. Like, we don't really know where he's, like, from or whatever. You know, maybe this stuff, maybe he was withholding a bunch of information or something. I mean, it's, there's a lot of questions there that I didn't, I just kind of, like. Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> and the, the information that he's given to Shalon in the past has proven to be false. He's he's told Shalon how to use the Soulcaster as if he's confiding in her oh, yeah. information that is secret, and she already knows that's not true because she's tried it that exact same way and it didn't work. I bet he really knows though. Well, he doesn't anymore. He's dead. Whoa! Spoilers, man. Wow. Okay, <laughs> just jump right ahead. Why well... don't you? We are we are talking know. about chapter fifty. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to question everything I thought I knew or thought I had learned from some of the Shalon chapters. Now I'm gonna have to go back and think about oh, was I being lied to in addition to Shalon being lied to. Yep. For the shame. Alright. Uh still on chapter forty five before we jump ahead to strawberries. Uh Shalon is running willy nilly down the corridor and everybody is looking at her strangely because she's being chased by uh, the symbol heads. And she gets to her room and she is surrounded by the symbol heads. And what happens? Elliot, do you want to pick this up? So, so this is the part where I just about dropped my book. So there, the, the, your pace starts to quicken as, as the, the, the pace of the story starts to pick up and, Shalon's running from these. She keeps stopping and drawing them. You're starting to wonder, are these things coming after her? Are they going to gonna get her? Are they going to hurt her? Which I have some thoughts on that too in a second. But then there's this moment where, you're right, she gets back to her room. She draws them all around her. And then it says, she, she's wondering, how can I defend myself? And so I'll just read and then I'll talk about it. It says, she was helpless, except... Storms, she thought, Frank. I can't use that. I promise myself. She began the process anyway. Ten heartbeats. The sentence goes on, but I'll stop there. Ten heartbeats means a shard blade. Shalon has a shard blade? Are you kidding me? Yep. What is going on right now? That, that is where I'm at reading this book. What? So, we haven't really gotten to Alethi culture, but Alethi... So, fighting is a masculine art. And Shalon would never be expected to have a normal blade on her, let alone a shard blade. And Dalinar has mentioned that Alethkar as a whole has about 20 blades. And Yaakoved has about 20 blades. So if no one knows that Shalon has one, that's a big deal. That is yeah. that is a significant percentage of shard blades of like the shard blade population that Shalon has and nobody knows about. So when I was listening to the audiobook and I heard 10 heartbeats, you already know like my heart literally stopped. I was like, yeah. That was honestly, I actually think that's the best like twist and question I've seen so far. 
in all honesty, is does Shalon have a shard blade? Like, I was so confused and excited. I was like, how are they going to explain that? There's no way they can, like, explain that at some point ever. And I was... I was a little confused because I, I still don't remember like imagery of a shard blade being like summoned or anything. And I was like, what else could it be? There's nothing else that that you could do with like 10 heartbeats, right? Like what else would they be mentioning that for? And I was like, I have no clue how they're going to like. And, and it's only two words. I mean, blink and you miss it. Seriously, blink and you would completely miss this whole thing. I almost did. I, I read it and almost kept going on, and then I stopped. I was like, wait, there's only one thing that 10 heartbeats can mean that we've seen so far. This has to be it. And then we, we don't get any more clues. Like, well, there's actually a few more senses, which I do want to talk about in a second. But after that paragraph, there's no more talk about it for the rest of the, the chapters. And so it's just that one moment. But, oh, man, does that have some massive implications for her storyline. Yeah. And I just don't know anymore. <laughs> Paul's oh. over there in a nervous wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, I am ecstatic about it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Whatever I heard that, I was like, yes. Like, like, that's the coolest thing ever. And that's so much stuff that we have, like, now to dig into. And now I'm a million times more curious about the Shalon story. Like, I will be very invested in every Shalon chapter from now on just to figure <laughs> out about that shard blade. Like, For real. Like, literally that alone, like, I have to know. And and lucky you, we're about to go into part four <laughs> next week, and we're not, and Shalon's not in part four, so you get to wait. Okay. I <laughs> Typical Shalon fashion, just more waiting. Yep. <laughs> so... so so let me keep reading though, because this goes even further. So I, I ended it. I ended at ten heartbeats. So she began the process anyway. Ten heartbeats to bring forth the fruit of her sin, the proceeds of her most horrific act. That's the rest of the sentence. That makes me start thinking about my running theory, or th this is starting to make it for sure a theory. But before it was almost kind of a, oh, what if this? Did Shalon kill her father and earn his shard blade because of it? That's mm. what this makes me think of. I still don't have a lot of evidence for this. I'm kind of conjecturing, <laughs> but it fits. Oh, man, this it, gets even like crazier. It fits too well. We already know that he had a soul caster, so... Yeah, yeah. And, and he's a he's a he's a lord of of Yakaved, right? And so far, you know, the people that have shards tend to be high princes and and bright lords of the type. So he would totally fit that vein. I would not be surprised at all to hear that he had a shard blade. So and everyone wow. still thinks he's alive. So the shard blade wouldn't necessarily be missing if he was still alive. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Why'd you say that? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Semi un well, okay, it's a related question, but I'm trying to remember for sure. Do we know anything about Shalon's mother? No. Okay. I don't think you do. I don't think we do. I I I'd have to even... go back I'd have to go back and read that interlude that we get with her her brother, but I don't remember any mention of her mother. If okay, it helps and... if it helps you at all. 
The Way of Kings is Kaladin's book, and Words of Radiance is Shallan's book. So, uh, you you'll get to learn all a lot about this next book. Okay, okay. I was I was honestly just curious. I, I don't have anything outstanding, outstanding thoughts about oh her mother. I don't know whatever, but I was I was curious if we knew any more because now I'm really curious about her family. So yeah, yeah, that that was the crux of the the OMG in all caps that I have at the beginning of my thoughts for this chapter because this was the moment that I I just I don't know mind mind blown at this point and we still haven't even gotten to the trippy part oh, we haven't even gotten to the like nope. vision and the soul casting and we're not even done with this chapter yet yeah this is the first of our three chapters to discuss in this episode yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah and I have to say just like getting it out of the way. That mention with the like the shard blade is, it's just out of all the chapters we've read, Shalon and Kaladin so far, or especially this episode, that's like been my most hyped moment. I don't know. I just thought it was incredible, including Kaladin. Yeah. So getting strung up on High Storm is less less exciting oh, than definitely. Wow. Okay. Definitely, this was this because this was a huge shock. It was a surprise. Yep, I I knew Kaladin was gonna get strung up. Like it was so, <laughs> like I mean, I did predict that and all, but um, but I was like, ah, oh, he's not gonna die. You know, it'll be fine. But this is like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, no clue, no clue what's gonna happen with that, and I can't wait to find out. So it's my favorite favorite thing, at least from this episode. I'm I'm right there too because the the Kaladin su- surprise had had a lot of buildup. There were a lot of hints and clues that kind of got you to you know Kaladin can use Stormlight. Kaladin's going to survive the storm. Like you said, Paul, it was it was epic. It was exciting. It, it was tense, but it you were never in doubt that Kaladin was coming out of the other side of that alive. This one is a one liner dropped on you like an anvil from a cliff what just happened kind of a moment it's exactly yeah well if you remember it's not quite one line because when they're in the alley and shallan is rethinking yasna's actions later she thinks to herself i had a hidden weapon that i didn't even consider at the time what was i thinking and i asked you guys about this i think two weeks ago at this point (laughs) And Elliot, you said a a knife. She had a knife hidden somewhere, and I was like, "All right, cool." It was a blade. It was a blade. It it is a blade. And it cuts things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> knife, shard, blade, same thing. Yeah, literally same. Fair enough. You're right. Looking back, there were some hints, and not even just that one. I want to say there was a mention before that, like a hidden weapon or something, hidden object that she had. Which, so right, there were some teasers ahead of this. But Shardblade was not even in like the realm of my imagination about right. what that was that was hinting at, and and so to drop it like this, I don't know this. In the future, I'll I'll be thinking bigger scale for little you know hints and stuff like this. This might change my my predicting approach to things, but this was just so big. Yeah, I, I agree, Paul. This was a very pivotal moment for the entire book up until now. If you guys, uh, if you guys keep going with reading the Stormlight Archive what the uh, what Brandon Sanderson fans like to refer to as the Sanderlanch is about three quarters of the way through 
um, each book, and it's just a dump of information and plot twists and surprises. And so this is this episode specifically is the beginning of what people like to call the Sander Lanch. He's just unloading a lot of information and reveals. I love this part, so we'll get this speaking of big... reveals and, and new stuff, this chapter continues on and we get into Shalon manages to soul cast, but before that she has this like vision. She falls into this sort of otherworldly place. I, I, I should have bookmarked the chapter. We, we should have read a, a little description of it, but I think she describes it as I've, I've full got of these. It. Do you want me to read it? Oh, go for it. Yeah, please. Shalon screamed as she found herself in midair, falling backwards in a shower of beads. Flames hovered nearby, dozens of them, perhaps hundreds, like the tips of candles, floating in the air and moving in the wind. She hit something, an endless dark sea, except it wasn't wet. It was made of small beads, an entire ocean of tiny glass spheres. They surged around her, moving in an un undulating swell. She gasped, flailing, trying to stay afloat. So reading that, I th this is where I got very confused and very, what is going on here? I'm completely lost. I, I've read that two or three times now, and I'm still very confused as to what was going on with that. And, and I had a lot of questions coming out of this chapter, but I got some answers in chapter, what is it, 48, or at least maybe some answers. Shalon kind of processes this a little bit later. So at the end of 45, I'm very lost. But going into 48, maybe I've thought about it a little more. When I read it the first time, I was still on my my path of the symbol faces are Voidbringers thing. And so I felt like this was tied to them. And this was maybe her jumping over into their world, into this like nether other world, wherever this are, maybe where the Midnight Essence come from. But Shalon goes a very different direction with it in in chapter 48 she she talks about she thinks she went and visited the spren of the goblet and talked to the spren in it and told it to change and it did or something like that i don't know help me help me process this guys i've got nothing <laughs> thanks paul i have plenty but i don't know how much i'm willing to talk uh she so in the in the paragraph right before it describes it a black sky with a strange small white sun with a strange small white sun that hung on the horizon too far away. The only thing you're supposed to really gather so far, you're supposed to have plenty of questions. The only thing you're really supposed to figure out right now is she's not on Roshar. She's she is somewhere else. She has been teleported somewhere. There are beads everywhere. There are floating lights. The sun is a billion miles away, and it's not very bright. She's just not... It's, she's not still in a room, basically, is what you're supposed to assume. She's not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right. Maybe my two thoughts... Maybe my two thought paths are not quite so far away as I, as I think they are. If Voidbringers are really evil spren... Maybe it's maybe it is maybe it's the same world. Maybe she goes somehow into this other world where the Voidburgers come from, but this is also the world where the Spren 
live or where spren come from so she goes into this place i'm completely you know taking this path as far as far as it'll take me the the simple faces are void bringers they send her to to their world in this world of spren she meets the spren of the the goblet which she then tells the change and she does soul casting i don't know if any of that makes sense but that's kind of the path my my brain is is going down now again my, my word for this little like paragraph would be trippy i'm confused completely understandable okay so and then we get to the actual like pinnacle of the episode correct or the, of the chapter <laughs> i mean we get to the actual physical moment we yeah. haven't we haven't even talked about capsule yet <laughs> and capsule and yasna so she wakes up in the hospital after pretending to slice her arm to hide the fact that she's just soul cast or thinks she's soul cast the this goblet yasna finds her um collapsed on the floor and she wake uh, shalon wakes up in the hospital and who's the first person to come visit her do you guys remember it wasn't it oh it was the king or, or okay king, king, yeah. king teravangian is the first person to come visit and he talks about how the palaneum pays for the hospital it's kind of just some extra background stuff and shalon stuff yeah culture classic yep. classic shalon chapter stuff and as soon as he leaves he walks out the door he grants her permission to have visitors and as soon as he leaves yasna walks in which means that yasna was waiting right outside the entire time she was unconscious to come visit her which is very un yasna it's which and shalon shalon has a funny line where she's where she says oh yasna that's almost human of you <laughs> and yasna kind of like gives her this look of thanks like <laughs> it's it's a funny moment for for yasna before we you know have a couple more uh nice action scenes i laughed at that moment too when when shalon said that because i was having the same thoughts too i was like this is not the typical yasna that we've seen the yasna that we've seen before is much more cold and calculating and now we see a, a caring side of yasna that we haven't seen before and she she makes this very heartfelt gesture to shalon and that she apologizes to her and she encourages her she even talks about you know go pursue your faith here's here's a uh, devotery to go and and pursue because this fits in line with kind of where you're at in your life right now like wow that was really really heartfelt of yasna and i was a bit surprised i think something's up maybe it's I'm not learning. yasna Maybe it's a void Maybe bringer it's... appearing as Yasna. Perhaps. Oh, oh no. Oh god. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that yet. Question everything. No, I <laughs> Okay, that not to not to lead you astray here, but Elliot, you had a question earlier this week and on how she uh how she survives this bread that she Yeah, so let's <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm, I'm laughing. Oh myself. gosh. Okay. Anyway, you, you are, and now you're now yep. you're making me think of a whole another like ten different routes now. I'm sorry. You, you're right. I I was rather confused earlier this week as I was reading this, so I, I messaged you because I had to clear it up because I had to figure out 
is this a typo in the book? Am I reading this wrong? Am I supposed to be confused? Buried in this chapter, so leading leading right up to the moment. So Yasna comes in, talks with Shalon, grand gesture. Capsule comes in, which we'll dissect in a bit, but it ultimately leads to them getting poisoned, Capsule dying, Yasna saving Shalon. We'll talk more about that probably. But I noticed in there, again, a blink and you miss it moment. Yasna ate the poison bread too. But there's no mention in any of this of any effect on her. You know, the effects on Capsule and, and Shalon are very dramatic. Capsule dies. Shalon is on the verge of death. Yasna saves her. Why wasn't Yasna on the floor dying? I, I'm very, very confused by this. Very confused. All right, easy answer. She's a colon, so she has plot armor. <laughs> uh, more difficult answer is that, yeah, there's a, there may be a lot more we don't know about Yasna. Or maybe that was, maybe that was a not real Yasna. Or maybe she was kind of behind all of this, right? We That was one thing I thought of, is that she was there. We were talking about how that's so not like her. And so maybe she's like, oh, like, Shalon, are you okay? But I don't know, maybe she was in cahoots with the symbol heads. Who knows? <laughs> Now you're bringing even more theories into my head. What if, what if Yasna poisoned Capsule and Capsule isn't even the bad guy here? What if? What if she had already eaten the antidote beforehand? Right. Mm -hmm. What if she knew Shalon stole it, so she did all the stuff and I don't know somehow got these symbol head things in her mind and kind of <laughs> staged all of this. And this is a giant cover-up. Or it's just a huge test. Maybe it's just another huge test for Shalon to see how she reacts. I don't know. We're spinning this off in a million directions, which I feel like is is crazy. But now I'm starting to question all of this. Like, hmm. Final answer is that Yasna is actually, like, actually knew about stuff beforehand. I've already had that suspicion for a little bit in that, like, has she really not noticed her, like, Fabriel is gone? And so I, I think there might be something else there. That That's my unironic guess. I, I think, too, a rather simple answer for me would actually be that Yasna, was, Yasna knew that Capsule was out to get her Soulcaster, which we find out was the case. Capsule was trying to get the Soulcaster and or kill Yasna. Yasna apparently was not surprised by that. She was expecting that. So maybe Yasna was expecting to be poisoned. Maybe that's kind of part of her her life. She knows there's people out to get her, and so she protects herself somehow against that kind of thing, whether it's building up immunities to common poisons or maybe she has some kind of fancy Fabriel that is doing something like that for her. There might be a simple answer to this. Building up immunities Princess Bride style? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do I choose the bread in front of me or is the bread in front of you? <laughs> There's another, there is a one-liner that you did miss, Elliot, and I will read it uh -oh. for you and I can get your live reaction. So, Elliot, when, when Yasna eats the bread, it says, the older woman sighed. Oh, very well. She took the bread. 
holding it as Shallan in Capsule 8. The bread was moist and delicious, though Yasna grimaced as she put hers in her mouth and chewed it. That's all I'll read. Any any thoughts? Staring at that again, I focused so much on the fact that she ate it. Or well, actually the first time I read through this, I went right past this. I didn't even I didn't even blink when I when I went past this the first time because we don't even know it's poison at this point. But then when I came back later, knowing all this, I read it more closely and I keyed very much in the fact of, oh, Yasna ate it too. What I'm seeing now as you reread this for me is she waited until Shalon and Capsule ate theirs first. But then she goes ahead and eats it too. I don't know. Weird. Is it possible that we don't know yet? But when she... I mean, I guess she should have been unconscious and dying like Shalon was, but maybe she had some kind of tolerance built up somehow and that whenever she did the soul casting to save Shalon, she also could have like saved herself yeah that's my Maybe. thought so here's here's what i wanted to highlight here the bread was moist and delicious though yasna grimaced as she put hers in her mouth and chewed so was the poison what was making it taste good and yasna's wasn't poisoned or maybe she just has bad taste i don't know or, or maybe she does have some kind of immunity and she does feel the ill effects of the, the poison there, but just kind of muscles through it, maybe? Perhaps. She does not enjoy the bread. And Shalon and Capsule have gone through extensive chapters already talking about how good this bread is, as, as Paul is well aware. I am very well aware. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm back to the maybe she's not even Yasna. Maybe she's not even human. I Now I have 10,000 more questions after talking to you guys on this than I did before. You're welcome. Maybe she's know-it-on. <laughs> uh, she's, yeah. she's, she's a knowledge spren and therefore is know-it-on. So yeah, are, we, are we Shalon following Yasna know-it-on? Clearly. Yasna aka knowledge sprint aka know it on yes mystery solved got it all right i think we can call it there (laughs) (laughs) Um, well first we have to wake up in the hospital for a second time Mm -hmm. indeed chapter 50 so this is after uh after shallan has revealed that she stole the soul caster yasna uh when she's saving shallan asks for a garnet to soul cast her blood and as far as we're aware she does so and Shalon wakes up feeling like she's on fire but she's totally fine and Yasna storms in and says how dare you You're, you've just ruined your life and walks away any, any thoughts? it's fitting I guess, given the context that we've learned through the Minishalon chapters of uh, the implications of, of how important uh, the soul casting is in and, and the Fabriole and stuff, um, and that she's very much not supposed to take it. And uh, Yasna even mentions like that she's kind of foolish because, I mean, it's like he wouldn't have gotten away with it 
you would have just started a war or something and we would have a whole lot of stuff you know she was saying i guess that shalon is a fool for one ruining her life and two thinking she would get away with it free yeah t- taking this chapter at completely face value i i completely agree with that sentiment that shalon's plan to steal the soulcaster to save her home seems really foolish she is risking war between nations and having a royal family potentially hunt her family down probably to kill them all all of this just to keep her family's title back in their in their homeland all of that seems pretty foolish to me which up till now and even in my first read through this chapter i just chalked up to shallan's innocence and immaturity in in that and perhaps that of her her brothers and her family as well but now with all these other thoughts and theories going on maybe there is a a bigger reason why she has to have this this soul caster maybe there is a reason why she wants to to risk all of this and it's not quite as as foolish as it seems i really don't know maybe she's intentionally trying to start a war between yakovet and alethkar seriously i mean everything's on the table at this point i, don't I, I was like that you just said that because <laughs> now i'm like very 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 seriously considering that so some before we get it too crazy with our predictions if if last chapter we were considering it wasn't yasna this chapter it definitely is yasna this is a very yasna chapter she comes storming in and shalon confesses to yasna that her father is dead and she doesn't even blink she she is so not happy with shalon she just says so like how is that my problem? How do you how are, how are you entitled to my soul caster if your father's dead? She she does not <laughs> care. This is this is definitely Asna. Yep. I left this chapter though again on my first read through. I left this chapter thinking mostly about Capsule and who who sent him? Who wants Yasna dead so that they would send Capsule to do it? And I'm kind of making an assumption there that someone would send him. I don't know, he doesn't seem quite like the the evil mastermind kind of person. So I'm I'm kind of guessing that someone else is using Capsule as their assassin here. So that leaves me with the question of who is that? I I don't know. We probably haven't met this person, or with all the betrayals and craziness going on, maybe we have met this person, but. I'm the big question coming out of this is who is out to kill Yasna? I have a I have a guess. Go for it. I think it's some way gonna I, I feel like I always relate things to Zeth because I really <laughs> want Zeth to be a major part. Um but I I would guess as far as we know, the person who went and I guess sought out Zeth to get control of him because he knew his power right he's whoever is really behind that i don't know if the person who technically has control over zeth is really the head mastermind yet or not uh but they may just be running a big ring and trying to get rid of all the the big names in in all of roshar honestly so there could just be like this kind of 
mystery looming threat um and maybe that's cool maybe they sent someone to try and thwart up there at the palinaeum but that that's kind of far-fetched we have no i have no real evidence of that but that's my guess i i did not think of this until you just said that elokar thinks that people are out to kill him too what if what if you're right what if this guy is kind of out to to take down all the major leaders in Roshar and Zeth is only just one of an army of assassins this guy is is using and recruiting to to do this. Maybe there are assassins after Elokar. Maybe this is another assassin after Yasna. Oh man. I did not think of that. And that makes it like I was kind of just throwing that out there. I was like, eh, maybe it's with Zeth, you know? That'd be cool. And then now I'm actually kind of believing it. And so <laughs> That's I didn't I didn't think about it until you just talking and I thought back to the saddle strap that that's that was big. cut or not cut on Elokar. Ooh. Yeah, and they Ooh. made such a big point of that. And I always took the I mean it was to show Elokar is kind of paranoid, you know, yeah. he's seeking approval and thinks, you know, we're after him. But there could be a lot more that they did elaborate on that quite a lot. I, I think we even had a, a segment there where Trevor, you asked us whether we thought it was an assassination attempt and I was firmly in the no. I thought it was not. I thought it was just a, an accident. Elokar was being paranoid, but I might go back and completely change my mind on that now. Interesting. Wow. If it, okay, before we before you start going down a huge rabbit hole of predictions, I'll I'll back you up till what one of these sentences. Yasna immediately assumes that Shallan was hired by someone to steal the Soulcaster. She, her first guess is a devotee bribed her to steal the Soulcaster. So she, and we already know that the, uh, the devotees think the Soulcasters are sacred and, uh, the, the devotees don't like her. She has publicly denounced them. So Yasna has enemies right in front of her. So you don't need to look too far to think about who might want Yasna gone. Yeah, we, we may be going crazy with all this. You're 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 right, but pardon me. I'm all anyway. I, I understand. It, it's definitely right. I mean if Shalom can <laughs> have a shard blade, there can definitely be a humongous worldwide assassin ring oh for sure yeah so that's that's my new big prediction i mean i guess i'll put it also up on the board here this will go on <laughs> up, up here and uh, we'll come back to that okay uh any closing thoughts on the shallan segment of part three we're, we're wrapping up shallan until part five of the book we won't be back for a while any closing thoughts? Nope. Nice. None here. I think that gets everything that we have time to talk about in, in this chapter here in this episode. Good are you, job, Shalon. Are you happy that you finally got spicy Shalon chapters, Paul? Yes, I was tired of regular <laughs> Shalon chapters. 
Oh, the right. tables got turned on you, man. Lots oh, of did. plenty, plenty of good questions headed into part four, where we don't even visit with Shalon. So funny how now we're we're yearning for the Shalon chapters. We're we're flipping ahead to see when the next Shalon chapter is instead of the next Kaladin chapter. Yep. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. Part four has my favorite scene in the entire book, hands down, and maybe one of my favorite scenes in all of literature. So. Wow. Let's, let's slow down and read some Kaladin for a bit, because it's good. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's slow down and read some Kaladin. <laughs> okay. Think about slow that. Slow down and read some Kaladin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Next week, we will still be on these chapters. We'll be discussing the Kaladin section of these, these chapters, so uh, stay tuned for that, and thank you for joining me, Paul and Elliot. Absolutely. Of course.